Welcome to Unity of Fairfax, a positive path for spiritual living and spiritual center for education, practice, and service in Northern Virginia. We hope you find inspiration in this week's message. Room at the table for everyone is what we are about here at Unity and in the Unity movement. It is our mission to continually build bridges and to see how wide our arms and our hearts can be to open and receive everyone. Central to what we teach in unity is the fact that each and every one of us is an individualized expression of the creative magnificence of the universe. And that by honoring the truth of each and every one of us, however it expresses, we are honoring our creator and engaging in sacred and holy worship. I learned that premise growing up, and I was so honored last weekend. Anthony and I were in Indiana for my parents' 60th wedding anniversary. So, yeah, yeah that's a big deal. That is a very big deal when I think about the history and how rich and wonderful and easy it always was, uh, and not. And yet, at our home, there really was room at the table for everyone. All the misfits and all the people who didn't fit in and didn't cut the norm, and people who did. We were just taught, love all, welcome all, and your life will be enriched beyond measure. If you don't put anyone, especially yourself, in a box. Last week, Reverend Sherry delivered a powerful message, and she did this week before that as well. So thank you, Reverend Sherry Quander, for giving us a word. Grateful to have Reverend Sherry on our board of trustees. Two weeks ago, I had the honor of ordaining a unity minister in Huntsville, Alabama. So wonderful trip down south. And uh, so just thank you. Uh, Reverend Sherry. Wherever you get podcasts or our uh, website, you can, if you missed the talk there, please check it out. This is a really special day. And do you know why it's so special? Well, there could be a lot of reasons. Okay, that was a trick question. For me, it's because Christmas is six months from today. <laughs> so, Amy, let's get planning. All right. So it's got to be a lot of fun. It's hard to believe it. I mean, we are at the midpoint of the year. That's just crazy. How does that even happen? And when I think about Christmas, what we think about is giving. And we think about the ways in which we engage with one another at that wonderful holiday season in order that we can show love to one another. And one of the ways that that happens is by the gifts we exchange. The most important gift of all is always the gift of our time. Because when we get to the end of our lives, the things that we want to know, the thing we want to know is I used my time effectively and productively and joyfully, as was the theme of our daily word. And beyond that, we give stuff to one another. Well, that's relevant because we have a special guest today, a couple special guests, Carl and Bridget Wilkerson are with us. And Carl is with an organization called the Committee for Helping Others, based here in Northern Virginia. Are anyone of you familiar with the work of the Committee for Helping Others? Some of you are. 
all of you will be, because I'm very happy to announce the Committee for Helping Others has signed a lease on two of our classrooms. This is an amazing organization, and starting July 1st, we'll be in partnership in a variety of different ways with this organization who lives into the value of Proverbs 14.31 that says, those who oppress the poor insult their maker, but those who are kind to the needy truly honor him. Committee for Helping Others is an organization committing to helping others to making the world a better place, and to ensuring that those who have needs in our areas have their needs met, not so much as an act of charity, but as an act of partnership in which we honor the gift of one another's presence. So I'd like to invite Carl Wilkerson to share a few words with us this morning about this amazing organization and our new BFF. <laughs> You are welcome, Carl. On behalf of the Committee for Helping Others, I, I want to thank you all for the warm welcome and the hospitality we've received uh, in, in coming here. Um, for those of you who are not familiar with the Committee for Helping Others, um, there, there's a few high points that uh, I can give you that will kind of spell out the character of the organization. Um, uh, the first is that everything we receive in donation, we, we give away for free. We, we don't charge anybody money for anything. Uh, everything we get is given away. And all the people who uh, volunteer at CHO are, are just that. They're volunteers. We don't have a single paid employee, not even one. Um, so you might imagine that uh, with those kind of constraints, um, uh, what do we do? And, and it's amazing how much we do um, with not really owning much of anything and not having a single paid employee. But we have for over 50 years. The organization was founded in 1969, so we're well over the 50-year mark. <laughs> Uh, and since then, thank you, thank you, and I've been uh, I've been uh, pleased and honored to be a part of that organization for not quite that long. <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, one of the things that we do, uh, the piece of the puzzle that I am most involved with, is the closed closet, and the closed closet will be moving into classrooms two and three in early July. Um, and we take donations of clothing and we give them away for, to free for people who need them. Um, and we're so blessed to, uh, to have you host us uh, in those classrooms. We also have a food closet. Uh, Vienna Presbyterian Church will be hosting us inside their church there. We have a furniture closet that's hosted in the town of Vienna's property yard. Um, and we take donations of furniture and give them away uh, for free to people. We also have an emergency services program where the monetary donations we get are given away to people who need help with their rent or their utilities or to get their medications uh, or perhaps uh, an automotive repair. Um, our clients are hardworking people who, uh, who are 
not in the greatest paying jobs. Um, and when a little financial difficulty happens, um, that can be a big, a big stumbling block. And we help them over that stumbling block and, uh, and keep them going so that they don't have to make choices between whether they should put food on the table or get their medications or get their kids a new pair of shoes. We partner with them and now you're part of that partnership and I'm so glad to, uh, to join with you in that. Thank you. Um, my wife Bridget and I will hang out after the church service and uh, if you have any more specific questions about CHO, I'd be happy to answer them. But thank you for, for being our partner. This is very exciting. We at Unity of Fairfax consider ourselves a spiritual center for education, practice, and service. And to have a service partner right here, hand in hand, is just such a gift and such a grace. It raises the question, why do we as individuals come together in a setting like this for engaging with one another and God? What's the point of all that? One of the primary reasons why people do that is to know that their lives have been changed and transformed in some way. And there are really two ways that this can happen in broad strokes. One is the way in which we as faith communities lead our, our, our members and those who engage with us into a deeper and richer relationship with God as we understand God to be and even God as we don't understand God to be, the great mystery. And so we do this through a variety of different ways and a variety of channels, through prayer and meditation primarily, by going within and making that deep connection with spirit in a holy practice. Julie led us in a beautiful meditation. We've had affirmations. We sing as a part of connecting ourselves with spirit and ultimately with one another. The other way we do that primarily is in ways of service and engagement and doing something. You know, we often say uh, that we, we must give our prayers feet that when we go deep within to connect with God as we understand God to be, to connect with spirit, then what happens after that? That is not the end point. Rather, that's the starting point for how we choose to live our lives and how we are willing to express our true inner nature and show our light and give our gifts. There's a passage in the book of Matthew that you're probably familiar with. I'll read it because there's an insight I received about it that I hadn't thought about before. And it's a, it's a little bit long. It's this page, this page, and I've got three more pages over there. No, <laughs> just kidding. It's fairly short and you know the story. It's called The Judgment of the Nations. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all his angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep on his right side and the goats on his left. 
Then the king will say to those on his right side, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. And if this had been written modern times, if I needed furniture, I would have gone to CHO to get it. <laughs> Just a rewrite. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked or gave you clothing? And when was it we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will say to him, truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it to me. Then you will say to those on his left hand, you who are cursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not give me clothing. Sick and imprisoned and you did not visit me. Then they will answer, Lord, when was it we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will say to them, truly I tell you, as you did not do it to one of these, the least, one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Well, that's serious. <laughs> and we have a choice. We can read it in context and say, this is what it says. There must be some eternal fire and some devil, and um, this is what it is. Or we can read it in reference to the context of us today, what's really happening here. And how does it relate to us? This, this story was written nearly 2,000 years ago. Is there really an eternal fire? Is there really eternal righteousness? Now, most folks in unity would say, no, those are symbols. And I would say, I disagree. What? Is that literal truth? For me, the question is determined in that last line, eternal punishment or eternal reward? Where and how do we experience what is called eternal in this passage? My answer, you don't have to agree with me and it won't be on your test. My answer, no, there is no test. My answer, the eternal is right now. My answer is this story, this passage, is about the law of cause and effect and its accumulated results over time. Because we live with those effects right here and right now. We live with them as individuals. When we look at our own lives, accumulated effects of our behaviors and the things we do repetitively, the habits we make. And we live with them collectively we as Unity of Fairfax, Committee for Helping Others, the nation, the state, the organization, the PTO, and yes, the Homeowners Association. <laughs> there is an accumulated effect in consciousness. So it behooves each and every one of us 
to ask ourselves, is the consequence of what is the consequence of my action and is it something I want to experience eternally? Is it something I want to experience as a repetitive experience? Is it something that I want to have be my experience right now? Essentially what the passage is telling us is that if, as we make a habit of being kind and being generous and being helpful, then what we are doing is co-creating heaven on earth right here and right now. And we have these wonderful examples of organizations that, can, that are committed to giving and helping and loving and welcoming and making sure there's room at the table, making sure there's a table to actually sit at and that there's food on that table. And what this is also telling us is that when there are habits of greed or selfishness or ignorance that say, I'm not going to share, what's mine is mine, Nobody deserves my good. I need to hoard it. Then that creates the eternal punishment that we know of as hell on earth. There's no shortage of food on this planet, even though there are now 8 billion people. There's simply a delivery issue. There's no shortage of money for anyone. The distribution seems to be unequal. And as a result of that, as a result of selfishness, we build walls and start wars, and people go hungry and without. When there is so much good on this planet to go around, that's how we create the eternal right here and right now, because that's where we are living. So if there's a takeaway in a, for us in today's message is to look at what are the consequences of our action? Do I want to keep having this experience over and over and over again? What are my particular actions that are creating this sort of eternal right now? How am I perpetuating a system that works? How am I perpetuating a system that does not that includes my voting choices. That includes my charitable giving. That, in, in, that includes the way in which I engage in a conversation. Because the exchange of words is an exchange of energy. And energy is always flowing. That includes the way I think about things and people. So we have to also ask ourselves, am I willing to think differently? What is the result of my thought and how it is shaping my world, my eternal now. Because this is all we have. You know, we can speculate about what comes next and down the road, next year, next lifetime, whatever, but we don't know. But we do know what this is. And we do know that when we give, when we engage in holy engagement by loving people, there is an immediate result good is expanded. Love is increased. There is a greater likelihood of peace on earth, and we get to know one another, not as charity giver and charity receiver, but as human being to human being to human being. 
because none of us ever knows when we might find ourselves in the position of needing to receive. It can happen when you least expect it. And how wonderful to be in that consciousness where you understand that giving and receiving are two parts of an equation where no part is of greater value than the other. They are all parts of a systemic whole. It's like watch gears. Remember wearing watches before we got these, the phones? Uh, watch gears. Regardless of the size of the gear, every gear matters, and the watch won't work unless all the gears are working together. Giving and receiving, working together in a flow of good that we want to see amplified all over the world. So that's what I would ask us to remember. The prophet Micah called it out this way. He has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. The Dalai Lama put it this way. My religion is simple. My religion is kindness. So I invite you all this week to lean in to the understanding that giving and receiving is a flow of kindness. And that when we willingly open up our arms and our hearts to give a little more, and entrust in the flow of divine good, then we are all truly, consciously co-creating a world that works for everyone. Peace be with you. Namaste. Thank you for tuning into Unity of Fairfax podcast. You're welcome to join us live in Oakton, Virginia, every Sunday at 11 a.m. or view our live stream services from our website at unityoffairfax.org. We appreciate our donations to support this podcast to make our message of positive, practical spirituality more accessible to all. See you next time.